The psalm we're about to read is Psalm 100, and it is a psalm of thanksgiving and praise. It was a psalm that was prayed when Jewish pilgrims would make, would make their way to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage to worship and offer sacrifice in the temple. It was a public prayer. And in that spirit, I'd ask you now to stand, and we're going to say this prayer together. We're going to use this as a call to worship for us. And I'm going to ask you to read it with me now. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the reading of the Word of God and God's people did say. You may be seated. What makes you want to stand up and shout? I mean, when was the last time that you experienced something or saw something or felt something inside that you, you just couldn't sit, you just had to get up and you had to just lift your hands and you just, you just had to shout? Maybe it was when the ball went through the hoop <laughs> at the buzzer. Maybe it was when the ball went out of the park in a walk-off walk -off home run in the final game of the World Series. Maybe it was when you were at Christmas dinner with your family and suddenly there was a, a, a tapping on the glass and everybody got quiet and someone said, we're engaged. Maybe it was when you were standing at the airport and you were waiting for this day to arrive. Your whole family was gathered there. You had signs. And then you saw your young soldier walk through the gate who's been deployed. A reunion. I mean, how can you be quiet? How can you not cheer? Maybe it was after paying four years of college tuition. And seeing your son or daughter cross that platform, get that diploma, and it's a hallelujah, free at last. But no, it's, it's joy, it's a shouting, because you're so, you know, you, you feel like you got your son or daughter across the finish line. Uh, maybe it was when you heard these words. You are now married, husband, wife. You together forever. Maybe, maybe it was that morning you got up, at, later in the morning, you slept in that day, and you got up and you ran outside and you saw that your son had mowed the grass, <laughs> had taken out the trash, and had cleaned his room. Well, that didn't happen. But gosh, it sure would make you shout, wouldn't it? There are so many things in life that cause us to want to shout. 
You, you know when the band comes in, you just can't wait. For, you've been waiting to see this band your whole life, and the minute the band walks out on the stage, <sighs> right? It's exciting. What makes you shout? The thing about this psalm is, this psalm says, shout for joy. All the earth, everyone shout. We are in the presence of God. Shout, give God praise. This is an uninhibited, exuberant, energetic, passionate praise. Not a polite, thank you Jesus, golf clap. It's exuberant. Look at all the verbs in this psalm. This is an active psalm. This is not passive. Shout for joy. Worship the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. Why is it, however, sometimes when it comes to giving the creator of the universe the most worthy force in all the universe is it that we find ourselves so constrained? Why is it that we would be willing to pay a premium price for courtside seats, but usually we can't give away the front ones for free? You see, this psalm reminds us to look within ourselves, to be thankful, to give thanks, and to allow that feeling of thankfulness and gratitude to God to rise up out of us to where we just can't hold back anymore and shout and sing and praise. And why? Because the psalmist tells us why. Because we know that God is our shepherd, that God created us, God called us into being. And as he says here, for the Lord is good, good, oh so good. God's love endures forever, and God's faithfulness continues through the generations. Well, well this church was established in 1836 here in Middletown, and in 1842, uh, when Dr. Bachman was pastor, <laughs> in 1842, we... we bought our first piece of land, built our first building. And then Dr. Bachman became the pastor, was pastor for 23 years. And this church went through unprecedented growth. It was a leading church, a vital church in this denomination, a trendsetter, innovative, growing, passionate, great leadership. Couldn't, they had to tear down the building and build new buildings. And Dr. Bachman led us faithfully for 23 years. Then after Dr. Bachman retired, there was a vision that was planted in the heart of the congregation's leadership, and a vision to expand and to grow its ministries, and this piece of land was sitting here, 67 acres, and it was placed in the heart of the leadership to buy this land and to expand its ministry. 1990, the 67 acres of land was built. There were some difficulties, some hardships at that moment, and it looked like the dream would not be real some missteps, some miscues, some unfortunate things, and the land just sat empty for five years. But in 1993, Dr. Sullivan and Judy were called here, and they moved here in May, and were given the task of helping the church to move forward, and they gathered around them a great team. And in 1995, this congregation 
broke ground on this piece of property. Held a picnic here on the grounds. If you were here that day, raise your hand. Look around. Many of you were here. But then, well, it was going to be 18 months. But then, you know there's always a but then when there's a great thing to be done, right? You know, but then the financing fell through. But then there were people in the community that didn't want the land to be developed. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then. And instead of 18 months to construction, it took four years. So consider this. God gave a dream to the church that the 67 acres of land would become sacred ground. And it took almost a decade for it to occur. And I think it's really, really important for us to realize and to recognize the sacrifices and the hardships and the leadership required and determination to make this dream possible that we now enjoy and that now blesses us today. It's important that we shout. It's important that we give thanks. It's important that we praise God for this occasion. Because we want to remember, isn't, aren't we glad they didn't give up? That they didn't quit? They didn't just stop because many did many did give up some did leave but there was a core of people who remained and fought and struggled aren't we glad they did don't we want to shout for that don't we want to give thanks to God anybody want to shout for that to God for God's goodness there you go I want you to think about this for a minute what's happened in 20 years Hundreds of couples have been married here and have said, I do. Hundreds of babies have been dedicated here as a gift from God. Hundreds at this spot have been inspired and given their life to Christ and made a confession of faith and joined Christ Church. Many, 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 too many to count, have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Thousands upon thousands have received the body and the wine of Jesus Christ. Thousands have come into this room and prayed prayers for hope and for healing and for inspiration and have found Christ here in this sacred space. In this sacred space, new dreams and visions have been born to bless our community. Too many times I've stood here in this spot and I've looked into the eyes of loved ones wounded by grief and loss and I have said, there is the resurrection. In Jesus Christ, when this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, God has prepared a building for us not made with human hands. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, this congregation picked up and moved from here to here to make all that possible. If you were one of those who walked across the street to this place, raise your hand. If you were baptized here, raise your hand. Here. If you were married here, raise your hand. If you were dedicated here, raise your hand. If you said goodbye to a loved one in this space, raise your hand. If you found Christ here, raise your hand. 
You see, this psalm, what this psalm declares is, is that while this is our achievement, it is God who has called us together. It is God who's been faithful to our church for generation after generation, from pastoral leader to pastoral leader, from congregation to congregation, from 1836 to 20 years later, God has been faithful to us. And that's why he says, make a shout. Give God praise. Give God thanks. Now let me give you a personal word of application. I know that there are some of you in this room who were given a vision or a dream for your life. Maybe it was to start a new business. Maybe it was to begin a new career. Maybe it was to make a difference in the community. Maybe it was to get married and you imagined a life in front of you. Maybe, maybe it was to get a degree. Whatever it is, I know that if you have a heart in your chest, that God gave you some kind of vision. But if you're like me and I'm like you and we're all in this together, I know that what happens you turned over the soil and you broke ground on your dream. But then, there's always a but then. Obstacles, hardships, discouragement. And you wanted to give up. I know somebody walked, somebody, don't raise your hand, walked in here this morning ready to give up on the ground that they've broken in the life they imagined. That's why I love this psalm so much, and I love our story so much, because I want to remind you that this psalm is not written for people who are just, who have arrived. It was written for people who are on their journey there. You see, this psalm, Shout for Joy, is an indication of the presence of God. All through the Old Testament, whenever the people of God were about to face some kind of obstacle, for instance, the walls of Jericho coming down, they would shout when they were facing an obstacle. When they had a dream, God's people would gather together. And when they were remembering that God was in their midst, they would shout. God is great. God is with us. God is here. And they would watch the obstacle fold in front of them. The walls would come down. So this message for you personally is not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps smile and fake it till you make it, grin and bear it kind of message. Just keep on trying. No, this is a message to tell you that in the midst of your trial, in the midst of this season, in the midst of this dormant period, make a shout. Give God praise. Worship God. Because I know that sometimes we walk here and we don't feel like singing. Sometimes we walk in here and we don't feel like praising. Sometimes we walk in here and we don't feel like shouting. But we do. Because we're acknowledging that in the midst of this journey that we're all on, that God is on this journey with us. Boy, that's a good word, isn't it? Because I know some of you today need to do some shouting and some thinking and some praising. 20 years. I want to show you, I want to show you now a photograph. A digital photograph, Jim. Uh, this cross is the Iona cross, and they're literally all over the building. They're everywhere. Jim wanted, 
Jim's lasting legacies to our church is all the beautiful art. There are, thou, there are a thousand crosses in this building. And this cross is on the front of the sanctuary and on the back of the sanctuary. One in the front, and we, we worship in the middle. What this means is that this space has been carved out as sacred space for the worship and the celebration of God in our Savior, Jesus Christ. I was asking Jim, I said, Jim, why is it that the circle goes all the way around the edge of the cross? And he said, it's because it's a reminder to us that we are always pushing ourselves outward and onward to welcome and to include all. I say that because our mission as a church is to welcome and to include all into the radical, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And it's always been a part of our history. Freedom of belief has always been a part of our history. An open table has always been a part of our history. And when we look at that art, every time we walk in this sanctuary, we remember our calling. We walk across a cross on the floor to remember our foundation in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we stand here and we look at the cross behind us, the cross of tomorrow, and remember that God is our shepherd, calling us forever into the future that God has designed for us. 20 years, I wonder if anybody would like to stand up and shout.